July 17, 2019. Welcome to the Cardi Show. I am Brent Cardi. Of course, glad to have you aboard. If you haven't caught, I was going to say checked out, caught, uh, episode one of the Cardi Show's Baseball in Canada series, what the hell are you waiting for? Doug Fox and I uh, discussed Exhibition Stadium at length, and I was really happy with it, 45 minutes, but I do want to make an apology because I felt the audio... um, was more high for Doug, and as it should be, I mean, Doug is awesome, and, you know, it, it just uh, makes a little more sense to have both of us at the same level, um, however, I mean, the content's there, if you want to play with your volume button a little bit, um, I found a balance, I think around 18, uh, should work, um, don't have headphones, <laughs> maybe listen to it in the car, um, but nonetheless, it was a great interview, Doug is, uh, always so uh, gracious with his time on this podcast and uh i really enjoyed doing it so we're going to keep doing it 1993 montreal expos are the uh next topic of conversation for the baseball in canada series so that's going to come your way uh before you know it I do have to get some research together and i do have a subject matter expert uh lined up and he's ready and willing to go Good lord, I gotta slow it down. So, uh, today's Cardi Show in the Cardi Show conversation, let's say it's brought to you by Fast Time Watch and Jewelry Repair. Jason Lee, he is a young blogger from uh, Jay's Journal, will be joining me. We're gonna talk about the trade deadline, we're gonna talk about Boba Shet, and whatever else is going on at the old Jay's Journal. I know the Jay's Journal podcast is in circulation. With that no good dastardly Ari Shapiro, um, is, that's a work, folks. I love Ari; he's a good dude. I just enjoy saying it just to get him over. Um, yeah, so that's happening uh, momentarily. But first, let's go off the top. And David Singh from Sportsnet reported that he asked Bo Bichette if he feels he's ready for the major leagues yesterday. And Bo's answer was, well, let me just summarize it for it. Summarize it for you. The answer is yes, David. He is ready for the major leagues. And I called out David because if I were to ask any player on that roster, Anthony Alford, Dalton Pompey, um, whoever, are you ready for the major leagues? What do you think they're going to tell you? Oh, obviously. If you don't think you're ready for the major leagues, you shouldn't be playing in AAA. Am I wrong? And the thing that kind of drives me nuts is that this interview was so celebrated. This article that David wrote was so celebrated. It was like the next great act of journalism. Honestly, I could have asked any any of those players and they would have told me the same thing. I, I don't understand why we're all celebrating this. Um, Bo is a great player. He's going to be a great player. I guarantee you when he comes up to the big leagues, he's going to he's gonna be cold for a bit. He's shown that in double A. He's shown that in triple A. Uh, what's good is uh, he's shown the ability to make adjustments and put up some good production. Here's the problem, though, that nobody wants to apparently talk about. And shame on the Blue Jays organization for not sitting Bo down and just being honest with him and saying, Hey, look, 
we got Freddie Galvis who plays every day and he's having a great year and we're looking for a trade partner because we think we can get something for value in return. Hey, look, we picked up Eric Sogard on a minor league deal in the offseason and he's uh, it's July 17th and he's playing his ass off. He's batting 300 in his on base. Is, I think it's like 380 or something. He's fantastic. He's, he's definitely exceeding expectations and we want to make sure that we showcase Eric Sogard so we can get the most, the maximum return on Eric. That way we can, you know, make this team better. But nobody's done that yet. Ross Atkins in his press conference continues to say, well, Bo needs to work on stuff. But in the same breath, Bo is a part of our future. Honestly, I don't know why people sit down with Ross. I don't know why people try and interview him. I think it's just crazy. It gets nothing done. It's counterproductive. He's not going to give you a straight answer. So, here we are. We have a, a Boba Shet who apparently has probably pissed some people off with his comments. We have a reporter for Sportsnet who is being heralded as, like, Anderson Cooper or Lloyd fucking Robertson or something. And we got some guys playing at the major league level who are just, you know, they're doing a solid job. And this is the other thing. You trade Freddie Galvis, okay? You now have to get an insurance policy ready because Freddie Galvis plays every day. And the expectation will be, well, Bob Bichette will play every day. But now you probably have to... Make sure Richard Urania is nice and close because Bo does have a bit of an injury history. I expect Kevin Smith will go to Buffalo and Logan Warmoth will be uh, taking over the double A shortstop duties. So now there's that to think about. I don't know if Freddie's had, you know, a few bruises here and there and missed a few games, but Freddie is a guy that over the past. I think it's three or four years. He's played every day. So, to summarize, I'm not, I don't think David Singh's a bad reporter. I just, you know, it's everybody's reaction. And, you know, I think David could have asked deeper questions. You know, okay, well, what have they told you to improve on? Have you had any conversations with the front office about how you're feeling? Or what has Bobby Meacham or Gil Kim said to you? Do they want you to play in other positions? You know what I mean? How would you feel about finishing the year in AAA? You know, what if the Bison's going to playoff run? That'd be something cool, because that hasn't happened in 10, 12 years. At least since the Blue Jays have taken over the uh, PDC with Buffalo. Attendance has been great, but Buffalo has not gone to the playoffs that for sure I can tell you so there's all that to think about too right I tweeted out this week when Vladi was struggling and I'm sure Vladi will struggle again why not send him down and have him him and Bo finish the year at Buffalo and call him back up in September because think about it you could be Florida State League champions you could be Eastern League champions and Buffalo's hanging in there for the wild card. You guys could have a shot at being AAA champions. I don't know. Something to think about.
something to think about. Um, we're going to talk about the trade deadline in the Carter Show conversation, but just a couple quick thoughts on that. I have no idea what the Boston Red Sox are waiting for when it comes to uh, finding bullpen help. I don't know what Ross Atkins is waiting for, and I'll talk about this momentarily with Jason, but I'm afraid that Mr. Atkins is going to screw this up. I think Ross is going to wait, uh, just like he did with Donaldson. Um, and listen, if you're training within the division, I've said this before, I'll say it, say it again, the premium's got to be high. You can't let guys come back uh, that won't contribute anything to your ball club. And it's not that Billy McKinney and Brandon Drury won't contribute, but they are not premium guys. Jay Happ was an all-star. Jay Happ was a 20-game winner. He went 7-0 and last year for the Yankees. You should have got a hell of a lot more in return. Especially pitching-wise. For the amount of griping that this organization has done about pitching, you trade a pitcher and you get two position players back, to me, that, that's just dog shit. Sorry, but it is. All these people as well on the old Twitter. This is apparently almost going on too long, but talking about the organization also needing to spend money, really cut it out. There's a strike coming up. There's no need to spend money. And that's not the way teams are building their talent. You know, you look at Boston, they got a whole bunch of guys that are under arbitration. You look at the Yankees, same thing. Aaron Judge, Gleyber Torres, Miguel Andujar. Just stop. It's about how you develop players, how you use the service time arbitration and all that stuff. That is how you win in baseball now. That is how you turn a profit in baseball now. And for those of you that just can't get over that, you need to, I don't know, take up cricket, play more golf, read a book, read Moneyball, because that's how everybody's doing it. I'm sorry to tell you. So, there's that. Um, extreme Rules for the WWE was this past Sunday. Again, I didn't watch it. But I heard it was pretty good. A lot of people are upset because the next night on Monday Night Raw, Seth Rollins qualifies for SummerSlam to face Brock Lesnar. I'm not upset about that. I thought they would go with Braun Strowman. So let's see this rematch. Let's see how it goes. And let's see how the rest of the SummerSlam card turns out. I don't think uh, Heyman and Bischoff are going to make a difference. Said it before, I'll say it again. Uh, it's two more guys that Vince can say, well, that's stupid, pal. God damn it. So, there's that. Coming up on the other side of uh, this, the Cardi Show conversation with Jason Lee from Jay's Journal. You listen to the Cardi Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podomatic. All right, folks, listen. If you got a problem with your watch, if you got a problem with some jewelry, Here's what I need you to do. I need you to go to Fast Time Watch and Jewelry Repair. They've got multiple locations across Ontario, but I want to talk about the three that are in London and the one that is in Sarnia. Three that are in London, Masonville Mall, White Oaks Mall, Westmill Mall. And the one in Sarnia is the Lambton Mall. Fast Time Watch and Jewelry Repair. They've been doing it for over 40 years, and they have done over two million watch and battery installations. So I'm talking to everybody in the geographical radius of Ingersoll, Tilsonburg, Mount Bridges, Kerwood, Rodney, West Lorne, uh, Windsor. Y'all come up to Costco from Windsor. 
you know, and uh, fast time is like two minutes down the road in the mall if you need a watch replacement. And here's what you're going to do. If you need a watch battery replacement, I want you to go to fast time at any of the three London locations or any of the Sarnia locations. Well, there's only one in Sarnia. And say, listen, I need a watch battery installation done. And my buddy Brent said, if I tell you about his podcast, The Cardi Show, you'll give me a dollar off. And the great people at Fast Time will say, you have a dollar off. Enjoy your shopping. It'll be done before you know it. That's Fast Time Watch and Jewelry Repair. FastTimeWatchRepair.com. At FastTimeWJR on Twitter. Get it done, folks. Because a dollar in your pocket is better than zero dollars in your pocket. Alright, it is now time for the Cardi Show conversation, and uh, today's guest is uh, from Jay's Journal, aspiring young sports journalist, Mr. Jason Lee. Jason, how are you? Doing fine, thank you for having me. Pleasure's all mine. What's going on at the Jay's Journal these days? Talk to me about that. Yeah, I mean, I just, um, I'm planning on covering the trade deadline. Obviously, there's lots of rumors. I gotta do a lot of analysis pieces, and um, recently, actually, I, um, published a pretty controversial article stating why Toronto was not a baseball city. So yeah, over at Jay's Journal, you'll catch me writing a lot of pieces on analysis and hot takes, and um, yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah, for sure, and uh, I had the pleasure of reading that article as well, and uh, like you said, you got some people talking, but at the end of the day, I mean, controversy creates cash, my friend, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? <laughs> no. No, there's not. So, uh, reason I guess we have you on today is uh, I want to break down the, the trade deadline with you. Uh, July 31st, now we are now two weeks away. There is only one trade deadline this year. There's no wavered trade deadline. There's no September trade deadline. Just one. I'm concerned, Jason. I'm concerned Ross Atkins is going to screw this up. Um, I think he's still waiting too long on Giles. I don't think he knows what he wants to do with Stroman, and you have Galvis and Sogard uh, who are playing above their heads. How are you feeling about it so far? I am actually one of the people who is confident in this front office, and the reason is because if you look at the history of Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins in their Cleveland days, they've had a great history of trading top pitching talent for some really, really good young players. If you look at the CC Sabathia trade, if you look at the Bartolo Colon trade, they've got some, they really uh, shaped their future with those trades. So I'm hoping history repeats itself with the Toronto Blue Jays. And as for the other trades, as you suggested, the Ken Giles and the Freddie Galvises and the Eric Sogards, um, I'm also pretty confident on those ones as well, because last year, if you take a look, they got some pretty good pieces, like the Simon O trade. They got Forrest Wall, who's a great outfield prospect in New Hampshire right now. So I'm pretty confident. But I, like like yourself, I am also concerned as well. One of the interesting uh, things about last year's trade deadline, I, I touched on this on my off-the-top segment, was there was a lot of position players that still came back. Uh, in return, you traded Jay Happ, you got McKinney and Drury. Uh, you traded Sung Long Oh, you got Forrest Wall and Chad Spamberger. Obviously, the focus this year needs to be pitching, but did it surprise you last year that so many position players 
um, came back considering the amount of, well, I don't mean to swear, but bitching and complaining that this organization has done <laughs> about, you know, trading young pitchers. Yeah, absolutely. I think the reason was because it was probably a coincidence. You know, the Blue Jays didn't have the top, top trade chips. I mean, they had Jay Hab, who was really good. But I think they were just taking the best possible player that the other team was offering, and it happened to be position players. But it turned out decently well because the Blue Jays needed those position players anyways, those role players. And obviously the McKinney's and the Drury's didn't turn out as well as expected, but then you also have Force Walls, who looks to be a pretty key piece of the future. Yeah, he does, uh, especially when it comes for, for outfield depth. Uh, and, uh, you know, you got Anthony Alford down there, and they got to figure out what they want to do with Dalton Pompey. Um, you, you know, looking across the American League and the National League, there's not a lot of guys that, you know, not a lot of stars. I don't know if you remember last year, Corey Seager was out for the Dodgers. That facilitated Manny Machado going to the Dodgers. But there's, with the exception of maybe Andrew McCutcheon, there's not a lot of top position players that are on the 60-day DL right now. Who's standing out to you as contenders for guys like Freddie Galvis and Eric Sogard? I think um, just any playoff contender because Freddie Galvis and Eric Sogard to playoff contenders would be that veteran presence that kind of comes in and stabilizes the team. I don't think they would necessarily be starters, but I think they'd be an invaluable bat off the bench that can you know fill in and just uh, pull their own weight. I think every contender would love to have that, similar to how the Boston Red Sox, you know, um, used Steve Pierce last year. Right. So I think there'd be a ton of interest either way. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, and I, I'm thinking maybe Sogard might be uh, a little highly more valued over some guys because of his willingness to come off the bench and his willingness to shuffle around, uh, rather than a guy like Freddie Galvis, who Galvis is a guy that expects to be in the lineup every day, rightfully so. I mean, he's played every day in the past, I think it's four years, uh, with the exception of this year, and uh, he's a switch hitter too. So, you know, at, at some point, if he's ready to play, he plays good defense. There's no reason to take him out of the lineup, uh, especially with the production he's put up. Um, do you see Galvis kind of as a fit? Uh, in Houston, or, or obviously Correa's injured. I don't know his timeline for him to come back. Or maybe even Oakland takes a stab at him, because he's not that expensive. Yeah, for sure. I could also see the Blue Jays keeping Freddie Galvis and trading Eric Sogard, and the reason is because Freddie Galvis has been such an invaluable veteran presence on a team that has kind of lacked that leadership this year. And since he does have an option, I could definitely see the Blue Jays holding on to him and maybe you know, playing the season out and trading him in the winter or trading him in next year's deadline. But um, if Freddie Galvis leaves and if Eric Sogard leaves, then the, and the players with leadership capabilities on this team quickly diminishes. So I kind of hope that the Blue Jays keep one or the either. Where do you sit with Marcus Stroman? Are you trading him or are you resigning him? I think the answer is in between. I think you have to be flexible with that situation, and I think the Blue Jays have all the leverage because of the extra of control. If you set your mind to doing one thing, I think you'll get less of a package because if you're set on trading him, then you don't have that leverage of where you can just go, no, I don't like this package. I want to wait until the winter, or I want to wait until next year's deadline, or I have the option of even re-signing him. If you take a fluid approach to the negotiations, I think um, it's much better for the Blue Jays to come out on top. 
and for the other teams to offer a King's Ransom. I know this might seem like a, a simple question, but does him getting the All-Star nod increase his value? Um, not necessarily. I think the when they're, the teams are making trades, they look at a much larger sample size, but I do think that what he's done this year has helped his value for sure. Why do you think the Red Sox have just waited and continue to wait to get a bullpen piece? I mean, I was I was talking about this with somebody this morning. Uh, for them not to re-sign Kimbrell or get somebody in the back end of that pen, to me, just doesn't make sense. It's illogical. I thought Dave Dombrowski was smarter than that. And right now, you know, you showed they showed it last night. This bullpen is it's a disaster. Um, what what the hell are they waiting for? It's actually interesting because I do have a friend who's a diehard Red Sox fan, and I ask him the same question. And every time he talks about the the luxury line, the, um, the salary, the tax, and um, they simply don't have the prospect capital or the money capital to make deals, Brent. And um, if you look at the the options right now, they can't get a Will Smith, they can't get a Ken Giles because they simply cannot compete with other playoff contenders and offer the prospects or the pieces that the other connectors have. And with the Kimbrel um, situation, they chose to sign Eovaldi instead of Kimbrel because they're basically the same amount of money. And I think it was a smart gamble for them at the time because Eovaldi was emerging as um, an amazing pitching, a starting pitching, as a starting pitching role. But um, unfortunately, it didn't turn out well for them and um, they lost Kimbrel in the process. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to see how they address it. Um, I guess Andrew Kasher coming over, you know, helps their rotation a bit. Maybe maybe they're looking to put one of their starters in the back end of the pen to try and solve something. I mean, it's it's very interesting, this American League East, and you look at the Yankees, they get Encarnacion, their bullpen keeps getting better, and look, if they get a starter, I mean, they might run away with this thing before you know it. Yeah, they're really interested in um, Sherwin. They had scouts at the last um, game, and Ross Atkins wasn't shy about trading Jay after the Yankees last year, so I could definitely see a Marcus Sherwin trade, unfortunately, the New York Yankees this year. Do you think that the uh, old AL East premium needs to be enforced? Because to me, last year when they traded Hap, former 20-game winner, he was an all-star, I, I don't want to knock McKinney or Drury, but I don't feel that was a premium coming back. Yeah, I think um, the return was definitely light, and I do think, I agree with you, I think the um, ALE's premium does have to be added on. But um, hopefully they do better this year. I'm just hoping that they don't trade to the Yankees, period, because the pieces that the Yankees are offering, I'm not a big fan of Cliff Frazier. I, I know everyone loves this offense, but where are you going to put him on the field? Um yeah. He's not a great defender, and yes, they do have some quality prospects in the farm system. However, the the pieces that the other teams have, like the Padres and the Braves and the Twins, it's just so much more intriguing and um, appealing to the Blue Jays. Yeah, maybe Stroman gets to get reunited with Double A and Donaldson in the land. I'd be I'd be okay with that. Uh, nothing wrong with that for sure. Um, yep. Let's move on. David Singh from Sportsnet uh, tweeted out yesterday that. Uh, he asked Bo Bichette if he was essentially ready for Major League Baseball, and obviously Bo said yes and gave him a list of reasons why. Um, to me, from a journalistic perspective, I, 
I don't know if this is anything to be celebrated, to be honest with you, Jason, because, I mean, if you ask any player on that roster, I think you would expect the answer to be, yes, I'm ready, and here's why. Would you not? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they, the, to put it bluntly, the journalist took advantage of a tweet that Bo Bichette put out and that it was misinterpreted. And I think, um, I mean, from their perspective, it was smart journalism. It caught the attention of many fans, and I'm sure it got a lot of views. But um, from the Blue Jays organization's perspective, I think um, it was an unfortunate uh, fortunate outcome because everyone knew Bo was confident. Everyone knew he was tearing it up in Buffalo. But the reason that the Blue Jays aren't calling him right now is simply they don't have anywhere for him to play. Where Are you, are you going to sit Sogard? Are you going to no. sit Galvis? Nope. They're their trade pieces that have to be playing, that they have to be um, shown to the contenders. And I, if Bo Bichette comes up, one of them has to sit. And in a situation where you're playing Lourdes Gurriel and Kevin Biggio in the outfield when they're natural infielders, I think adding Bichette to the mix would be um, catastrophic to the roster right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. And it's just frustrating that nobody sat Bo down to say, look, it isn't you. It's not you. It's the fact that we got two guys that are, well, playing above their heads right now, and we're looking to get something back. I don't know if you're allowed to have those conversations, but at some point, I, you know, even David Singh should know it's not Bo Bichette. Even he should know Bo Bichette's ready for Major League Baseball. I, I, again, I mean, from a journalistic integrity perspective, that's an epic fail. And um, I don't know why Sportsnet's celebrating it. Maybe for the clicks, maybe for the attention, like you said, but. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how this is a talking point, because we all know Bo, Bo is ready to go. Yeah, for sure. And um, his tweet was, if um, anyone didn't see, it was, no point in chasing an outcome when you can't control that outcome. Yeah. And I think a lot of people misinterpreted it in saying that um, he was right he for the bigs, but um, he couldn't do anything about it. But when in turn, he was just talking about the game he had earlier, where he went one for five, and he could have had four instead of one. So it's... um. It was an unfortunate turn of events, but um, hopefully it's all sorted out and um, the fan base can realize that this isn't about Bo, this isn't about the front office, this is just about this isn't about service time manipulation, this is just about showcasing the Eric Stogards and the Freddie Galvises for the trade deadline. Yeah, absolutely. You are a hundred percent right. Um, what else are you guys working on over at Jay's Journal? I know you talked about uh, you're going to cover the trade deadline, but obviously August and September are coming out. Have you have you looked at that yet, or are you just um, one article, one project uh, at a time type of guy? Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to plan out when you don't know what's going to happen with this organization, and that's just the nature of a rebuild. It's, um, it's both fun and tough to be a Blue Jays journalist at this time. Obviously, the team isn't doing well. But the future is so bright, so I'd imagine along with the trade deadline, I'm going to write some stuff about what's going on in the farm system, because I do enjoy the minor league side of the game as well. Perfect. Well, keep up the great work, Jason. I appreciate the time. Oh, thank you for having me, Matt Brent. Jason Lee, he is a reporter for JaysJournal.com on the Cardi Show Conversation.